0: And yeah, start with a vote from Divri Yisroel. Divri Yisroel, he brings an interesting quote the Adoni, of He says it looks like it looks like the Basne Adoni is some kind of secret that Ye, the was was telling Yosef. And it seems that the Valicher Apku right, he's telling you don't be angry at me, has something to do with the secret. So let me ask a few a few interesting questions over here. And He says that a person. That gets upset at his friend, a person that gets upset at someone else that casts, where is it coming from? He feels that he must be right and the other person must be wrong. And he said, if a person would only think that it could be that I'm wrong and it could be the other person's right, right? Something so simple, such a simple idea. If you're only thinking to the fact that you know what, it could be it's not the way I see it, that would definitely take away a lot of the, of the cast and the anger, right? In simple terms, you're angry at someone because you're assuming and you feel very strongly that you're right and that person's wrong if you'd only entertain the thought that it could be you're wrong and that person's right which would have to do with the fact that you're too subjective to notice it and you're too involved in how you feel you know, to realize it then maybe that would calm you down so he says Hida learned that the hard way why? because Hida had this issue with Tumar last week uh, two weeks ago two weeks ago he had this issue with Tumar where he thought that Tumar Kalusa his daughter-in-law, did something terrible and he was ready to have her killed and it took one word for her right, to say that um, uh, it's not her it's you that's when he said, he woke up and, and, and realized what happened. See, he learned the hard way that you can be someone who's very angry at someone or very critical of someone and, and be clear that the other person is doing something wrong and it doesn't take much to realize, well, now I see maybe it wasn't the way I thought it was. See, so he said, He is telling to look at me. Learn from what I, learn, learn from, from my mistake. Let me tell you a little secret what happened with me and when you hear that, then most, you're not going to be so angry anymore. You're going to realize that sometimes, you know, you could be angry at someone and only realize that it's not because it's because you're not noticing what's really happening. You know, interestingly, right, what Yehuda was trying to introduce to Yosef was that maybe you don't realize how irrational you've been treating us. Right. In the meantime, what ends up happening is that that, that Yosef says, and then all of a sudden it turns around again, once again, and we see how how interesting that was. But anyway, and he says the same thing. If only a person would would be zachmiyash and realize you know, what he's really doing, then also would make it so much easier to say that Shamat tzaddik. Anyway, this is something that's, when it comes to relationships, this is obviously crucial and easier said than done, to always think about, you know what, maybe it's really me. Now, I don't think the point, I don't think the moral of the story or the lesson over here is to say it's me that's wrong, as much as, right, When between people sometimes it's simpler to say, maybe I could have done something differently. In other words, even if I know that you were the one that did something wrong to me, but the fact that I could have avoided it or could have dealt with it differently, or maybe I could still do something differently, that alone would suggest that, you know what, maybe it's not all the other person. Maybe there's something about it that I could do. And there's something we emphasize again and again, and some people repeat it to me always, that, you know, that, that it did change their, their outlook and things. What could I do differently? Am I here to say it was wrong and notice the other person's shortcomings, or am I here to you know, see what I could be doing differently? So with that, um, let me read a question over here. And this is a question that came in probably a while back. And I keep on getting questions. I know everyone's going to keep us getting them in. And we try to get to all them them. It's a shame. Okay. First of all, thanks for all your clarity in your weekly assurance. They have helped me a lot. Okay? You're very welcome. I'm writing now as I'm upset. I'm very upset. I'm a powerful woman, but yet kind, always happy, cheery, smiley, basically positive, even in the tone of voice. Every day is a struggle for me as I have to deal with my husband's anger, his negative comments, his tone of voice. His tone of voice speaks negativity itself. Now he got upset and his anger is blown up. He acts like a little child when I'm sitting and crying on the couch and thinking to myself, why isn't my husband being supportive and acting like a man by showing me love and affection when something isn't going his way? I can sometimes feel cheated into my marriage by this. A happy man can make such a happy home, but it doesn't quite work that way when only one party is me that's trying. Perhaps if you can tell me anything to calm me, If you can tell me anything in the comment, this is quite getting to me, to say the least. I'm having all creepy thoughts in my head of how to get out of this. Thanks in advance. Okay. Well, so basically somebody here is very upset and saying that they, you know, if only I'd have a happy man that would make a happy home, and I'm the only one trying over here, and this is not working. Now, the first thing, let me just comment on, and I know this is maybe a little outdated, this comment even, but the fact that when somebody jot this down on paper or on email, and they started off saying, I'm very upset... I'm writing this when I'm very upset is commendable. And I want to explain why, and I want, I want to know what we can learn from that. When you're upset about something, the first thing you want to do is realize that you're upset. Now, sometimes people don't realize that. They, they say, yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, they don't, they don't realize that if you're angry about something, it means that you're in an angry state of mind. It means that what you're seeing, and what, the way you're expressing it, the way you're internalizing it, and hashing about it, and, and obsessing about it, is all through the, end, the lens of anger. And if you don't realize that, you might realize how it's distorting what you're seeing now, in front of you. Okay, So when somebody writes this and starts over saying, I'm very upset, and that's why it's coming across, I don't know if that's really what, the, what this questioner meant, I don't see much of a question really over here, but, um, but I'm just saying it's important to realize that what you're seeing and experiencing is when you're upset and when you're angry, and it could be a little distortion. And sometimes people don't realize that, sometimes people don't realize that, only you look, you look back and you see it then, like, oh, I, I must have been very upset if I was thinking that you see something you wrote, to someone who you see, an email you wrote, or a letter, or something, and you say, "Oh, I must be very angry, and I wrote that." Well, you didn't realize that when you were writing it. Maybe, maybe even just prefacing it by saying, "I'm very angry now," so please understand that what I'm saying now is coming from the way I feel. Even that would would sometimes make things easier. I, I read a book recently where somebody wrote an introduction, something like, um, "I wrote this book many times, and after each time I wrote it, I got the feeling that it wasn't good the time before. And even now that I'm writing it now, I know that." In a short while, I'm going to say that the same. I'm going to say that I feel the same way about what I just wrote now, and yet I still think it's the right thing to move on and not be held back by that. And you know, it just goes to show how sometimes you don't even realize what you're feeling, but you know at least that you're going to feel that way. Anyway, that's something that um, it helps us think twice before we say things and do things if we know that we're angry now. Now, it would be great. It would be great if your husband, Mrs. Questioner, if your husband would make the home happy. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, everyone, everyone, right? Everyone would appreciate if their spouse made the home a happy home. And I'm sure everyone, and I mean it when I say it. I don't mean to be sound um, ridiculed. Everyone would appreciate if their spouse did more to make their home even happier. And very often it's legitimate. And the husband is the one that could or should, in this case, be doing things differently. Um, making a home a happy place, first of all, is a joint effort, which you know she did acknowledge that you know she's ready to do her part. But I'm saying the point is that, you have to make sure that you don't think it's someone else's work. And even when someone else should be doing the work, the question is, what could you do to even get that person to put in the work? In other words, aside from just waiting for someone else to do something, already being a mistake, you know, but, but maybe even maybe even the part that someone else could be doing, there's something that you could do to help it happen. Now, are you responsible to make that happen? No. Do you have to do yours? Do you have to do something to get the other person to take care of their responsibility? No. But maybe you could, and that's definitely what you want to do, instead of just... Um, being being victim now I do want to address for a minute this husband okay I don't know who this husband is obviously and I have no idea if the way, it's being, if the, way the situation is being presented over here is anything to do with reality everything to do with reality or not Or he would have a whole different picture it doesn't matter I'm talking to people out there maybe myself included and, I, and I, I mean what I'm saying now very many people do scream and do yell at their spouse and are negative and do walk around with an angry face and get angry about things and they're going to justify it and they're going to keep on saying, yeah, I'm angry because of this, I'm angry because of that, and this should have been that way, and I mean, yes, and don't tell me not to scream, and I'm going to be upset, I'm going to tell you. You are breaking your home. Now, this is something that the wife could tell the husband, and this is something that I, I see very often, this this problem over here. You know, you tell to someone they don't hear it. But if anyone's, if anyone's hearing this, if anyone's hearing this, and, and just in the past week talking to people alone, there are many people who I've heard situations about which... I would wish they would hear this. If you're screaming, you're raising your voice, you're, you're picking on things, you, you, you're making arguments with all the justification in the world, you're breaking your home. Nobody wants to live with somebody who's yelling, and here you have somebody writing it out clearly. right? Nobody wants to live with somebody who's negative and angry. So even if it's very legitimate and, very, and you have all the reason to explain why you're angry and why the other person's at fault for you being angry, my point is nobody wants to live with an angry and screaming person. So sometimes people say, "Yeah, I'm the one that yells because you provoke me. I know you you have this calm attitude, and you uh, and we again, nobody wants to live with somebody angry and yelling. just just remember that. So this is definitely not um the point of this of this question and answer over here, but I you know, have to ask you mention people have to hear it. If you're raising your voice and you're negative and you're complaining about things, even if you're right, nobody wants to live with such a person. that, that's an issue. Now, you, back to this question over here, okay this, this uh, what do you she call herself? A, a powerful, kind, um, happy, cheery, smiley, positive woman. And I don't mean in, uh, in, a, in a jokey way. You know, you're a very wonderful person. And it, it's, it's important, and it's something we actually men- mentioned the other year in Yiddish this week as well. It's important as much as you can. As much as you can. I know it's not possible all the way, but it's just something to think about. To not be dependent on someone else. In other words, if somebody else is mood-swinging, or somebody else is screaming, or somebody else is... Attitude throws you off your equilibrium and you're now not balanced anymore because of what someone else did, it's something to work on. It doesn't mean you're at fault. It's, it's normal to be under the influence of someone else's shouting and negativity. But it's something to work on. Remember this. Sometimes we, we get too affected and we're too dependent on how someone else is treating us or how someone else is behaving or someone else's mood and that's a problem. And it starts with codependency and things like that. It's important to remember that you, gotta, you should try you should try to stay balanced that's something very important this anecdote I once repeated from Dr. Tversky, Rabbi Dr. Tversky who said that a patient was sitting with him for a while in therapy and after a while you know, it came time to say goodbye And he said, you know Rabbi Tversky before we finish our last session I want to ask you one question I noticed a lot of times that we're in the middle of talking you open a drawer on the side of your desk and you, uh, and you look inside and I'm just very curious, it's something I always wanted to ask if you don't mind telling me, what do you look at in that drawer in the middle of a session and he said, listen I'll tell you you know, you ask asking so nicely, I'll tell you the answer. A lot of times in a session, you talk to a client, and you know, there's all kinds of issues coming up, and a lot of times you find yourself in those issues as well. And it's a little troubling. It throws you off your balance when you don't, you know, when you're getting too emotionally involved in something that someone else is bringing up. So I have this little paper in my drawer that says, the patient is on the other side of the table. And when I open that drawer and I look inside, it just, it just sets me back on track. So whenever I feel I'm getting too swept into the issue at hand, I remember the patient is on the other side of the table. That's it. And just, it just sets me back to where I'm supposed to be. And he writes this in one of his books, obviously. That's my point. A lot of times he's dealing with somebody who's, unfortunately, even unstable, even unstable, someone angry, someone who's whatever it is. Sometimes it's important to just just you know, brace yourself and say, oh, one second the patient is on the other side of the table. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to care about the other person's mood because he's the Meshigana. That's not what I mean. It means that I won't be overtaken by it because it's not me. I'm going to remember that this is someone else's mood swing. It doesn't have to become mine. And that's something to definitely to, to work on. Another thing that we have to realize is, and this is something that's very important, and, and people have to hear it. A lot of times, you, you notice someone else's let's call it bad midas, okay? Bad midas, in very simple terms, if someone else's bad midas. You notice before you're wrong. You will notice where somebody else is behaving wrong, not being supportive, not acting or behaving the way you should be, before you notice you're wrong, and just mentioning it. A lot of times, you'll you'll be thrown off by someone else's moods and attitudes and things, but without noticing, you might be doing the same thing. I'm just suggesting it. And, and sometimes we could actually be doing the same thing as someone else and, and be justified. You see, people get so hung up on this. I could also sometimes blues, I could also sometimes get into these moods. But when I do it, it's a whole different thing. It's only then, it's only because of this, and it only lasts that long. And he knows that when I do it, I don't mean it. But when he does it, I don't know he doesn't mean it. People get very, and you see it by children, you hear it clear, they're less, they're less embarrassed to say it. People get so stuck on explaining why when I do something wrong, it's different than when he does something wrong. It's not the same, it's not the same level. People don't realize sometimes that what someone else does is simply so much more noticeable and disturbing to you than what you do, and that's sometimes all it is. So a lot of times, when you're noticing someone else doing something crazy, you, it's just important to remember that you might be noticing it more because it's someone else. I mean, not, nothing more than that. You say this joke about the drusah and and you repeat it. The gemuda, the gemuda says that And that daf, and a bukru a little uh was sitting there, he says, Dhruve made a mistake, it's on the, it's on a different daf. It was Lamar Aleph, it's on Lamid Bayez. And the roof says, No, it's Lamar The boy said, No, it's Lamad The Drew, I guess, wanted to catch himself. He says, you know what? I'm Blat tattooist. Okay, let's go further. And he went on. Anyway, after he finished the Drush, he goes and opens his gemur. and he sees he was right, it's on Lamar Aleph. He goes back to the boy, he says Khadanish, Aleph, not Lamad Baez. And the boy looks at him and says, Okay, one blot off, not not terrible. You know, sometimes when when he was one blot off, it was okay some only one blot off. When the other guy's one blot off, it's just, it's just, it, it just points out, and this is something people don't even realize how often it happens. It can be the same thing. and It's all about who did it, who didn't do it. And it's just an idea to take into mind that, yeah, sometimes you have to be more tolerant of someone else's shortcomings than you'd want to be. Now, it's very hard to say that I'll be as tolerant of someone else as I would be of myself. But, you know, that's part of life. It's part of life's journey to be able to tolerate someone else's misbehavior and then learn how to deal with it, which we'll talk about in a moment. But not, not to get thrown off by it. Not to be so, you know what he did. Yeah, he did something wrong. It's not, I'm not justifying it. He did something wrong. You know the story about the guy who was complaining to his friend. You know what happened? I missed the bus and I fell down and I lost the money and I, 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 I threw out my job. And he goes, wow, that's, that's pretty bad. It's not the worst. He goes, really? What's the worst? The worst is what happened to me. It can be the same thing, but if it happens to me, it's a different story. And that's where people get stuck sometimes, you know, not realizing. I think this is missing again. In, in, in a person doesn't see his own faults. It's not that a person doesn't know them. I I knew the midaya My own, I know them, don't worry, I know them. You can be sure, most people know their shortcomings and they don't, they don't feel good about that part of them. And sometimes people get depressed and they, become, they lose their self esteem because they know all the bad parts of them. But there's a certain tolerance we have for ourselves that we don't have someone else. And when you see someone else's, then you see it. So I'm just pointing all this out because it's important to realize that when you see someone else's difficulties and you harp on them and talk about them and they throw you off your, your thing, you know, it's important to realize that, yeah, someone else has what to work on. It's not about you. You have your own stuff to work on. And sometimes that just makes it a drop easier. Not much, but a drop. Now, in a difficult moment, it's important to get yourself out of a rut simply by either repeating it to yourself or thinking about the fact that that other person has what to work on. And I really am a powerful woman. I mean, use that expression, I'm a powerful woman. I like it. I like when a person thinks of themselves as powerful. I'm powerful. I'm strong enough to overcome this challenge, to not get thrown off my balance because someone just said something to me strong enough to pull through this difficult moment I know it will become better because it happened many times you have to be able to be chazak yourself in a difficult moment you shouldn't always be dependent on someone else getting out of their difficulty in order that you should get back on your feet so that's definitely something uh, important, now again, we, spoke, we, we mentioned that you're always looking for what you could do, and when I say what you could do I mean you're not responsible for someone else's bad medicine, let's call let's say you are an amazing person and another person is a terrible person, right nothing related to anything we said till now what there's still so much you could do to avoid these kind of things, Not something very important. I mean, not because of a codependency where you're at fault for not avoiding or not um, um, preventing someone else from getting angry, you're not responsible, but still, you could be the smart person that knows how to do that and, and help someone react differently. I once saw somewhere from a uh, certain McKibble, uh, and he's writing about Shumbai. He said, Shumbai is all about Chachma. And I like the idea that he wrote, even though it's not as simple as it sounds, but it's about chachmah. It doesn't take avoidance amidst as much as it takes chachmah. A smart person is a person who knows how to avoid things, avoid difficult situations, learns from mistakes. He knows what's coming. I mean, it's not the first time your not got into an angry mood, right? Maybe, the, maybe there's, there's triggers or things that you can learn to avoid them. Not because you have to, but because you want to when you ask me the question. Maybe you could figure out which situations throw him off. Maybe you know when he just needs a little food. Maybe you know what you should or could have or, or should have not or could have not said. It takes chachma. And he points out that there's two times in Saifa Schmil where it says Isha Chachumah, And both times they're talking about a, a woman who's promoting peace. Right? When you promote peace and shulbais, it's chachma. That's all it is. And we know uh uh is the chachmah of a woman of women that could build a home. By being smart and knowing how to treat a husband in a way, your husband that you know well, and, and deal with that. And this has nothing to do with women. I'm not saying now that every husband should say, okay, well, go ahead, make shumbais over here, avoid getting me angry. It's everyone. I mentioned not too long ago in Adrusha, Alshach, uh, in Mishle, right? Aktsara paim yasa ivedas, Pusik in Mishle, Alshach says that, he's, that if a person's a royas annoyed, he knows how to avoid difficulties. Even if the other person is the bad or angry or mean person, a lot of times, he says, even is the person doing the Avla, but Shimon is at fault, and he's the one that the Aybishter will hold accountable, because he should have known that even is going to lose himself now. So again, I, you know, that's... Uh, we're not here to point fingers and say, well, it's your fault that he got angry. It's nobody's fault that someone got angry, and, and I, I said earlier that if somebody's angry at home, then he's breaking his own. But sometimes just the Chochmah, of knowing how to deal with a Kitzar paim, right? And that's something that could, that could really... Um, change things and something to think about. Now, I will say as, as much that in a difficult moment or when you're dealing with somebody who's emotionally driven now or somebody who's all, often emotionally wired, don't talk logic. Don't debate. Don't point out to your husband how wrong he is for getting angry. Don't try to, don't try to prove how unfair he's treating you and how his behaviors aren't rational or realistic. When you talk logic to emotions, we spoke about that many times, you just get nowhere. You just make things even worse. So that's definitely not something to, to try. And like I, like I said earlier, Everyone has their work. Everyone's on their journey. And, and sometimes, you know, tolerating a spouse and being nice to a spouse and understanding of a spouse is, is part of what life is about. You know, it's part of the work we have. Now, of course, there are situations that are, that are intolerable and nobody's here to just suffer their way through life. But if you could do things that are better and deal with it, even if you're dealing with someone who's not so easy, that's, that's part of your work in this world. That's part of making a relationship work. And, yes, I do believe that if someone in this situation or a similar situation would really put the effort in, I really believe they would make things much better. I believe they would really have that of bias. It's not about, you know, but David I'll survive. I do believe that if one person puts in the right work, and somebody needs guidance to figure out what could I do, what shouldn't I do, uh, what went wrong, let me talk to someone objective, someone knowledgeable. I do believe that if one person puts in the right amount of work, in, in most situations, let's say almost every, in most situations, you can really be a home of shulam a hava, you know, with happiness and and, and something that could really last.